any 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 of your droplets, including what they call aerosol droplets, which are really really small droplets, like aerosol spray, those droplets can be inhaled by anyone within six feet of you, and they also can fall on surfaces. And depending on the surface, the virus can live on that surface from two hours to like seventy two hours. I've heard. So you should be wearing a mask if you're going anywhere around anyone. Okay, definitely. Um, what like because there is such a short a shortage of of masks right now. Um, like for instance, today I had to go into the city to like run into my school and get two of my lesson plan books, but like I couldn't find masks anywhere. So I had I bought um some bandanas from Walmart, and I was using like a bandana that I like just got as like a face guard. Like, is that, would that work? Is that I know, like, there are certain masks that are recommended, but if you can't get one, like, do substitutes work, like bandanas or scarves or anything. That's perfectly okay. So here's the thing. Masks are, like, few and far in between. And to be completely honest, if you are just the average everyday layperson and you're just going out into the street while you're outside, whether you be going, you know, to the grocery store or what have you, it is perfectly okay for you to just kind of throw a bandana over your face. Those, um, you know, the thing that North Face wears for you to wear in the cold, it's like a scarf, but it kind of comes up over your face and mouth, like your nose and mouth. Those are okay. You're not wearing, what the thing of it is, the way these masks work is there's not very much, as long as no one is within four feet of you, you're pretty Mm -hmm. much not going to be in their quote-unquote blast range, let's say. So when people cough and sneeze and what have you, or if you are coughing and sneezing and you're nowhere within four feet of anyone, uh, pretty much anything that protects your face would be fine. It's okay for you to wear a bandana. You don't have to go out and buy the most expensive N95 you can find. You don't have to walk around looking like a space person with this, like, drywall mask on, like, you don't have to OD. As long as your mouth and nose are covered while you're outdoors, then you're generally okay. Mouth and nose, because I see a lot of people wearing masks, and it's just around their mouth and not their nose. No, no, no. (laughs) Mouth and nose. Because people think, oh, if I sneeze or I cough, it's just my mouth. Absolutely not. You You need to cover your mucous membranes. When you sneeze, so your mouth and your nose are both important. And let me just throw this out there. I love my black men. I love y'all. I love y'all to death. But listen, y'all have got to cut down these beards, okay? These beards are epicenters of this disease. Like, it will live in your beard. It can live. It can hide and live and thrive in your beard, especially if your beard is heavily moisturized. Like. You got to cut down these beards. I have a friend who drives a city bus, and I had to tell him the other day because he had on his N95, and it was nice, and he was looking cute. Right. It don't work if you got this beard on your face. It has to make a good seal with your face. So you need to cut down these beards. A clean-shaven face would be more appropriate, but, you know, not everybody is just going to take pull that trigger. So. Okay. And if you guys have any questions, you can leave it in the comment section in the chat on Facebook Live. Or you can call us. You can call in with us. That's nine one four two zero five five four five eight. I'll pin that number 
enter the comments. So if anybody has any questions for our healthcare professionals, feel free to ask because we have we, we have questions that we want to ask them, but like we have sort of everything, obviously. Right. And this is an hour show, so we want to get as much information as possible out. So make sure you guys are asking questions and being engaged in the comments, so that way we make this the best um, possible. Um, Jack, do you have anything you want to, you want to ask? Um, I, I mean, I was hearing things about you know, to like potentially covering your eyes too, like should is, is our goggles like necessary? Um, you know, I see people like at least walking around with shades or something to cover the eyes because, like, you know, moisture can get in there and things of that nature. Like, just the exposure of that. Like, is 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 should we be should like should essentially should we be taking as extreme steps as possible, or does the nose and mouth like cover it enough? Um, from what I've seen, yeah, go ahead, Jeff. I'm just gonna, you know. You can, you know, wear sunglasses. It's fine. You don't need to go out and buy goggles. As long as no one is close enough to cough and sneeze on you, you generally don't necessarily need eye protection. It is true your eyes are mucous membranes, and you can get infected through your eyes. The virus can enter your body through your eyes. But it would be more appropriate for you to just socially distance yourself as much as, much as possible away from people. Right. Okay. Thank you, because I feel like some people are like, people need to definitely take it seriously, but people are like freaking out to the point where they don't even feel like they can go get provisions that they need, you know what I'm saying, without having kind of like a head-to-toe situation, you know? Right, right. It's like definitely important to just like make sure we know that, um, no, girl, like go get your, go get your milk, girl. Um, <laughs> like, yes, please. <laughs> and go get go get what your what your people need. What are some steps people need to take if they feel sick during this time? Like when should you go to the hospital? When should you not? Right. Like when should you go, like go get tested if you feel a little weird? Um, it's the the main symptoms you're gonna look out for is a fever over a hundred, and shortness of breath. Um. I don't know. Right. If some hospitals won't even test you if you don't have those two symptoms. Uh, okay. I'm not. Is Mount Sinai? Because Tiff, I, I mean Joy, I'm so sorry. Uh, is Mount Sinai no, testing fine. people? So what we tell people straight up and down, like legit, no lie, do not come to the hospital. Do not come to the emergency room. I'm going to tell you right now, that is the worst place for you to be. And the reason for that is most of the emergency rooms are treating patients that are positive. So let's say you're not feeling so great. Like right now I've got a crazy sinus infection, right? But I'm not feeling so great. If I was just a regular lay person and hearing everything that I'm hearing, I'd be concerned. You know what I mean? If I'm also, if you start coughing and sneezing, you, your first thing is, okay, maybe I need to run and go get tested. Absolutely not. First of all, these testing centers probably won't take you unless you have a fever, that's number one. And secondly, okay. the hospitals will turn you away because they don't want to risk you becoming infected sitting in the emergency room. So unless you are in respiratory distress, meaning you are having severe shortness of breath, you cannot breathe, you cannot catch your breath, you have a fever, do not come into the emergency room because they will not treat you and they will not test you. Got it. So what do you do if you are... 
just having mild symptoms. You can go to urgent care. And you can go to urgent care. Definitely go to urgent care and monitor your symptoms. Okay, okay. Is there anything people can do? So at if you don't home? have a fever, I mean, like, if no, you don't have a fever, you kind of need to wait until you have a fever before you go to urgent care. Right. If, if you're concerned about whether or not you could be carrying. If you don't have a fever, you might want to hold off and just, you know, keep an eye on what you're feeling. If, you know, if you're not short of breath, shortness of breath is the one distinguisher that will take out all of the other what ifs. It, oh, what if it's a cold or what if it's the flu or what if it's a sinus infection? Those things generally don't cause shortness of breath as quickly as we have seen with the coronavirus. So a fever and shortness of breath definitely get somewhere where you can get tested. And, I, you know, please, this might sound dumb, but I just want to be super clear. What, like, how does one tell, like, is shortness of breath the, the feeling like you've just been running and you, now you can't really, you know, so you're trying your best to get your breath on? Is it like the Is it like literally a time, like a timed thing where it's like, okay, like that breath only took you like a second? You know what I'm saying? Like what? Because I'm not even right, sure everybody's right. like really aware of what shortness of breath feels like versus like, oh, like, you know, maybe I'm feeling like an airway is a little bit restricted or like, you know. I was just around, like, some cigarette smoke, and I'm not, like, breathing in too much. Or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the actual? Right. Um, so if, you, if you try to change levels, um, it'll hurt to breathe. That's, like, uh, right. one, one signal that you might be really going through something with your lungs. Because um, sometimes a lot of people mistake heartburn for <laughs> chest pain and then for shortness of breath when it might just be heartburn. But if, if, you, right. if you're having trouble going from level to level, just doing regular things, maybe cleaning your room, uh, and, and you're, it feels like your chest hurts, just going level to level, that might be a sign you're having shortness of breath. Okay. Thank you. So one of the things we tell our patients is if you feel like you, like if you're in your natural activities of daily living and you feel like you just ran a mile, like you cannot catch your breath, you feel like, you know, you're all of like, you know how you feel when you're out of breath. If you just feel like you're all of a sudden out of breath, like you just did some real heavy activity, but you have it. Now you're starting to experience shortness of breath. And how he's talking about changing levels. If you're sitting down and you stand up and all of a sudden you cannot breathe, or if you're standing up and you sit down and you cannot breathe, those are the symptoms of shortness of breath. It will literally feel like someone is preventing you from taking these deep breaths. Like okay. someone's got their hands around your waist. If you okay. try to laugh, sometimes it will hurt while you're laughing. So sorry, this is traffic right. out there. Um, yeah. Um, I was just going to say, for anybody who's just joining us, either on Facebook Live or here on Block Talk Radio slash The New Kai, you guys are more than welcome to call in. That number is 914 914- Two oh five five four five eight. We have our health professionals here, um, Jesus Garcia, who is a nurse in New York City, and we have Joy Smith, who is a respiratory therapist. So, if you guys have any questions um, around the coronavirus, um, feel free to call in or ask us in the comments as we're going along. Um, 
the next thing that I wanted to um, at, um, talk about is the numbers, of course. Like, people are, like, watching the news and reading things online about the infection rate and um, the, de- the, the death rates. Like, right now, I think we're in, like, the thousands of death rates, so, like, a thousand so far. Um, and, like, the infection rate is, like, something like 40,000. Um, so, like, what does that mean? And, like, what is that looking like on the ground for you guys as people who are literally on the front lines? Because it feels like a little bit like war. <laughs> well, really? Like, um, what does that look like? What does that mean? And, like, what, do you, what, have, what have you been seeing? Um, I think every organization is handling it in a different way. For me, uh, in home care, what I've seen with nurses is that um, we're struggling. We were struggling with getting uh, vital PPE, like face masks, um, gowns, things like that. I know my organization just received emergency supplies, so the nurses will be better equipped. Um, And really, I think they're taking it day by day, waiting on what the CDC recommends. Um, yeah, just working normally. It personally, like, for, for for those of us who are, like, in the hospital that are, like, kind of boots to the ground, you guys have to understand, like, we see all the, the, the entire spectrum of this. These numbers are real. Like, I think that's one of the, the major concerns of the people who are working in the hospital is that, you know, we kind of live in a society where people don't want to believe what they see on the news. You know what I mean? They don't want to believe what they see in the news. They don't want to believe what the government's telling them. When it comes, and don't get me wrong, not everything you see in the media is true. And not everything you're going to hear from your official representatives is also true. But these numbers are real. These numbers are real. Every, and the thing of it is, the scariest part of it is every day we're learning something that we did not know the day before. So you'll have, like, at first it was, oh, this is just going to be the, you know, the boomer remover, unfortunately. That's what people were calling it. It's just going to be killing people who are over 50 or people who have underlying diseases. That is true. Those are the people who are getting sick the fastest and declining the fastest. But that does not mean that you, as a 30-year-old, are safe from this virus. It will still infect you. It will still destroy your lung tissues. You may not become, you may not decline as quickly. You may not decline at all. We don't know what the, the turning point is, so to speak. This is not your average, everyday, run-of-the-mill cold. It may be for some people, but for some, it's not. You will end up in ARDS. You will end up in the hospital. And we don't really know what is separating the ones who will do well from the ones who won't. And it's not a gamble that you should take. It really isn't. These numbers are real. These death tolls are real. Um, I have two questions, but before, we, before I do my second question, um, my first, well, my first question is, um, do you guys have any advice for people who are immunocompromised? Like, especially like in the L- LGBT community, we have a lot of um, people who um, are living with HIV and AIDS. In the Black community, we have a lot of people that suffer from lupus and sickle cell. So people who um, are diabetes and high blood pressure, and I know those are high risk groups. Um, 
are there any extra precautions that um, immunocompromised people should be taking, like, during this time? Even if you're young or old. Stay home. Stay home. Stay home and listen very carefully. Stay home in your house. Not your best friend's house. Not (laughs) not just your cousin's house. Stay home in your house. Socially distance yourself because people who do not have these underlying issues and are still going out and about may very well be infected or carriers within their 14-day incubation period and not know it and totally transmit it to you. It is happening. So if you are immunocom... And please, for my people out here who have lupus, who have sickle cell, even some of the people who have HIV or are taking PrEP drugs, you are not Superman, okay? I know that some of these things that you're seeing on TV, that you, you're looking at the drugs that you're taking, like hydrocholine or some of the PrEP, vi- the antiretrovirals, are used to being treat- or treating these COVID patients. And you're like, well, I'm already taking those. Do not get it twisted. You are still at risk. I cannot tell you how many people I have seen who were like, oh, well, I'm already taking this hydroxycholine drug, this Plasquenil, so I must be okay. I'm not going to get the virus. That is not true. Okay. Bloop, 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 bloop. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) So my other question was, because I think everybody in, like, like the country needs like an OSHA training or a bloodborne pathogens training because I've seen so much misuse of gloves online and in person. Yes, what is what? Okay, if you're going to wear gloves, what should you be doing and not doing whilst wearing the gloves? <laughs> or how often should you change the gloves? Like, because I'm seeing that people really don't know what to do. In this situation, like, I've seen videos of people, like, eating while wearing their gloves. I saw some lady on the train go um, on the bus today go all up and through her bag um, with her gloves on, take out chapstick, and put on her chapstick while her gloves were on. And then I'm just like, oh, my God. God." Like, that's not how this works. There's that video of the chick, literally, she got the blue latex gloves on, and she's on the train digging into her McDonald's bag with her gloves on. I'm like, girl, oh girl. Yeah, I, I, Can we tell the people out there how to properly? Yeah, I don't think you should be that. wearing gloves, like, uh, out and about because the cross-contamination. You would have to constantly yes. be changing your gloves. Um, yes. So just, I guess the thing is, if you're going out and about touching things, make sure you wash your hands before you put your hands in your mouth. <laughs> But right. regular everyday stuff, I don't think you should be wearing gloves. Leave that for the medical professional. Yes, please don't wear gloves out in public. It's not, okay? Because first of all, you leave the house with one pair of gloves. The moment you touch something, let's say the first thing you, the first thing you touch was just recently coughed on within the last 72 hours, and now the coronavirus is living on this thing. Your gloves are contaminated. Everything you touch after that, you have now contaminated, including yourself. I've seen people on their phone with the gloves on. I'm like, okay, so now, and then put the phone up to their face. And I'm like, see, now you just, you just gave, you just, if, if you had, if it was on the gloves, you just gave it to yourself. 
Right. No, leave leave the gloves yeah. like like JM said. Leave the gloves to the professionals. Get you a bottle of alcohol and some hand sanitizer and just wash your hands. Seventy percent right. alcohol. Okay, we have a question in the comments. You wanna? Yeah, um, Skittles or Tinkles? Good Skittles. Um, asks, do we have some type of idea as to when we be be, be uh, when we be entering the peak of the hill or curve? I've seen a bunch of things talking about the next two weeks will be the peak of this pandemic. Yeah, that sounds about like what the city is saying. Um, but you know, of course, there's not a, there's no 100 percent, but it is about within next week or the week after that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty much the same that I've been seeing too. So. They're saying that we'll peak within the next two weeks, but again, that's assuming that people are going to do what they're supposed to do and stay home and continue to socially distance themselves. If they don't, right. God knows. So, do um, do you guys? If they let's assume all things work, you know, what I'm saying in a way that they should, everyone quarantines themselves, everyone social distances, masks, etc. When it hits the peak, how long do you think? that curve, like how, how how steep will that curve be all the way back to, I guess, the level of, you know, being able to at least return to work that everyone is waiting for, We're going outside and things of that nature. How, like everybody going back to work? Like other people going back to work and just being able to go outside and, like, be social again. Like what does that slope kind of look like? To you and your and your guys' personal well, opinion. Uh, I think the one thing that's going to affect what that slope looks like on the way down is if we have any sort of treatment plan. So we really just—I mean, there's really no way to really predict that, unfortunately. Hmm. Just because on the from the from the way they present it um, in the media and in the news and everything is they it's like the slope has got to be like equal like the same exact slope that we came in with and I'm like is that even like accurate like can we can that slope the down slope change you know what I'm saying be steeper be et cetera so I, I I'm yeah you talking right like something treatment they would have to figure that part out in order for it to. Right. I doubt it's going to flatten because um, China, they just removed their quarantine two weeks ago. Uh, their epidemic started in January, so that was about three months. So that would mean we just started our quarantine. We would need three months from, okay, let's say the start of March. So And, and the quarantine, the federal quarantine technically will be the president stated at East during Easter. So that means the quarantine will happen for two more weeks, which really is inadequate to kind of stop the spread of the virus. Yeah, he, he um, Agent Orange wants the country back open by Easter. Um, that's not even two weeks from now. That's like a week and a half from now. Like, that's not, like... And compared to China, that that's... And it's going to coincide, like, Easter is kind of coinciding with the peak, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, exactly, right. yeah. And it's not going to happen. 
and 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 you have to understand in our in our country we don't have as good as health insurance as they do in China or in Italy. We yes. don't have universal health care. And we also have sicker people. We have more diabetics. We have more people suffering from obesity, all sorts of high blood pressure. All of that contributes to how difficult you might have a hard time with this virus. So we're not going to have the same outcomes that China had or Italy had. Ours are probably going to be worse. That was my next question. You've answered it a little bit, but I want to um, get some more from you and some more from uh, from Joy, too. So not as people on the ground, like not having universal or nationalized health care. Oh, shit. The question was right on the tip of my tongue. Now, look, how has that really, like, affected this process as people who are dealing with, like, patients and people in home care every day? Because, like, most, like a big chunk of this country doesn't have any type of insurance. So what, like, mm-hmm. has well, really fucked well, us over? And then, like, how is that, like, affecting people seeking treatment? Well, let's start with the testing. Uh, places that had, uh, like South Korea, they had a great success with the virus. That's because they tested everyone because everyone has health insurance there. Even even if you're a foreigner, an immigrant, illegally there, you will, you got tested for free in South Korea. In the United States, not everyone can get tested. Recently, two weeks ago, it was only like NBA players getting tested and, and very famous people. And now, you know, right. more and more people are able to get tested finally. Mm. And even so, if you go to these, like, drive through testing centers and you don't have health insurance, uh, I think the last I heard was they were charging $25 and you had to be showing symptoms. So that's another thing that's going to affect our curve is we really won't know what our numbers are going to look like because nobody's going to – we can't test people. People aren't getting tested. Also, people are just afraid to go out and get medical help because they know ahead of time, they know they can't afford it. There are people literally with no right. income in this country. So they aren't reaching out for, for help. In, in, many other, in Italy, they're discovering many people died alone in their home. And I'm sure that's something that is going to affect us here in the U.S. because literally people don't have health insurance in this country. So they have nowhere to go for help. Very true. Lord have mercy. Sorry, it's just like a lot. Um, so, like, even, so it's just like people could, just on the strength that we, like, are, we'll be walking around, you know what I'm saying, doing shit, staying in our homes even and unable to get tested, you know, because of, you know, either lack of facilities or just, like, lack of health insurance and things of that nature, this thing could be this thing could be a lot like longer than we really expect because it's like damn okay like so we hit our quote unquote peak but what's the without the or just on the strength that we you know said like you said we don't have like an actual treatment plan or, um in place or doesn't even really look like one is coming all that soon and then on top of it like you can't treat people for something you don't know that they have so y'all not testing it is. <laughs> like, this downfall so, is not looking very... <laughs> right. So that there are some, some therapies that are uh, 
uh, in the works that I've heard uh, the vaccine, the testing for the vaccine starts in September. Uh, but before that, they're doing um, plasma therapy. That's where somebody who was infected with the virus and recovered, they now have the antibodies and the immunity to the virus. So then you take that person's plasma and you inject it into somebody who is suffering from the condition. Okay, so that's... So Mount Sinai good. has been working very heavily with plasma paresis, which is what um, JM is talking about. We're mm-hmm. asking, but first they started it out with, um, they limited it to medical professionals, so people who were already working in our health system that were confirmed positive and quote-unquote got better, I should say. Better is a, a word I don't like really using, but now they're che- they're testing antibodies to see if they can somehow place those antibodies into people who are infected and see if it works. So now they're opening up that plasma donation to anybody who was tested positive and has gone through their 14-day incubation period or what have you and, quote-unquote, recovered. So I think, you know, there's, there, there is hope. There, are, there is things that are being done. There's nothing that's working 100% just yet, but there is hope. Um, also, also eventually, yeah. Also, herd immunity eventually will come into play. That's when you know all you know a bunch of individuals have immunity to the virus, and we can all fly in that immunity. You have to say it again, because there's like a bunch of background noise. Sounds like the wind. Wait, say that one more time. Oh, about the herd immunity. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, basically, it's, it's like a strategy they're using in Germany. So, you know, they're letting people go out and about, and they're hoping that enough of the population gets it and enough of the population becomes immune to the virus. Mm. Oh, you mean like when somebody in the house has chicken pox, so they put, like, all the kids in a room with the kid that has chicken pox so they all get it? And that way, right. like, they'll all be, like, that doesn't sound smart. <laughs> It's not. <laughs> That's a real downplay version of it. But, like, with chickenpox, it was fun because, you know, chickenpox is not going to kill nobody. But what they're hoping is that, you know, if I had it and I got better, then, you know, maybe people around me, you know, who I've come into contact in my, in my daily life who've gotten it and gotten better, and that would kind of just be, like, a carrying force. But... The problem with that is we don't know who's going to get better and who isn't. So I would not suggest going and licking a COVID spoon just so you could get immune. Lord have mercy. Lord. <laughs> um, I had a question that I forgot. What, oh, um, a lot of people, we, we talked about this too, Joy, um, about um, what they're doing with the parks and, like, converting, like, some parks into um, makeshift, like, hospitals and things like that. Like, I know people have seen, like, trucks by, like, Bryant Park and other places and they're getting nervous because they feel like they're portable morgues. And that's, like, not that's not the case. Like, that's not what's happening, right? Right. Uh, so those trucks that you're seeing, well, I'll say this. The trucks that you're seeing, most of the trucks that you're seeing outside of hospitals are not, mm-hmm. like, 
there are some hospitals that do have refrigerated trucks, like Elmhurst and Brooklyn Hospital, that are portable morgues. But the the ones you're seeing, like in Bryant Park, outside of Central Park, things like that, what they're doing is they're setting up makeshift hospitals. And not necessarily for patients that are COVID positive, but for patients that need help otherwise. So that way they can contain the COVID positive patients to actual hospitals. So these makeshift hospitals that you're seeing, with the exception of the one that's going to be in Central Park, the one that's going to be in Central Park directly across the street from Mount Sinai Hospital is a makeshift hospital that's being set up by Samaritan's Purse. That particular makeshift hospital is being set up as a COVID respiratory care unit. But some of the other ones that you're going to be seeing popping up are not going to be. And the same with with the ship that docked, the Navy ship that docked. They're treating regular patients. They're not treating COVID patients. Right. Same thing at the Jacob Javits Center. The Jacob Javits Center is going to be a 1,000-bed hospital, not for COVID patients. Gotcha, gotcha. Necessary. Oh, Lord. So that's a lot. Do you have any more questions or? Hmm. Not really. Okay, do you guys, because I know that um, Joy has to go to work. What happened? Okay, never mind. Like, I can't see the live anymore. Um, but, um, if you guys have any more questions, we're going to wait a few minutes to see um, in the comments. Again, um, feel free to call in. And don't forget to follow us on um, Block Talk Radio slash Nukai. Um, we're also on Spotify, YouTube, um, podcasts, wherever podcasts are available. So if you miss us live, um, check that out on one of those streaming services. Um, if you want to call in with any questions before we close out, that number is 914-205-5458. I've also pinned that in the comment section. So if you didn't hear what I just said, um, that is pinned in the comments. Um, so while we're waiting to see if anybody has any questions, do you guys have any um, closing remarks or anything that you want people to know? Yeah, like did you forget anything? Stay home, y'all. <laughs> That's it. Yes. Stay your ass home. I do. Stay I see that there was a young lady that was in your comments. Um, she said she heard that they that were lying about hospitals being overcrowded. So I just want to address that. Okay. I wish we were lying. <laughs> I wish we were lying about hospitals being overcrowded. My hospital, I can say in and of itself, two weeks ago, I left work. There were 30 patients that were positive. I was off for the weekend. It was my weekend off. I left that Friday morning. That uh, Friday morning, I came back Sunday night. So from Friday morning at eight o'clock to Sunday night at seven thirty, we went from thirty positive patients to hundred and thirty positive patients, mm-hmm. and we have continually increased over time. We are now up to four hundred and eighty-two positive patients, and of those four hundred eighty-two positive patients, one hundred and fifty of them are mechanical ventilators. We no longer have any ICUs that are not COVID-positive units. 
You go to a hospital, normally there's a MICU unit, a medical ICU, there's a surgical ICU, there's a transplant ICU, there's a cardiac ICU, there's a, a baby ICU. We don't have any ICUs anymore. We are Shit. only taking COVID patients in our ICUs. Any patient that needs to be in an ICU that's not COVID positive is being transferred out. There is, we are not lying about hospitals being overcrowded. It is this, before this ends, and I want, I want you guys to understand what I'm saying so you understand how serious this is. Before this pandemic comes to an end where we are at the bottom or at the very least on the downcline, on the flattening of this curve, hospital workers will have to make decisions that they never, ever thought in their entire career they would have to make. So when we have a patient that's 92 years old and she's got lung cancer and she's not positive, but she's in respiratory distress, choosing do we waste a ventilator intubating someone who's 92 years old or do we save it for someone who's 30 and is going to be COVID positive and going to be intub- need to be intubated? And now we don't have that ventilator available. MacGyvering ways to put more than one patient on an intubate on a, on a ventilator, figuring mm. out how many patients we can put in one bed room, one hospital room. How many patients can we put in one hospital room at a time? Do we code these patients like how you see on TV where there's people running? They 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 got a crash cart and they're running to a code. Do we code COVID-positive patients? Is it worth it? Is it worth wasting the epinephrine? Is it worth the manpower? Is it worth exposing five to seven people to the COVID virus just to go in there and do chest compressions and intubate this patient and put them on a ventilator when we know there's a very real chance that that person's going to die? These are the decisions that are being made. And people are being forced to play God, and they don't want to. So please stay your ass home. Get away from your grandmother. (laughs) Stay home. Yeah, what happened in Italy is probably going to happen here, except we don't have as good health care as they have. And we also have sicker people. So if if you don't believe this is true, you just you can go online and look at the articles, the videos of the Italy's and nurses, the doctors and nurses, the facilities in I mean in Italy. Um and that 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 shows you there what what might happen here. Mm-hmm. What were you saying? Oh, are you still there? Oh, did I lose you? Yeah. Oh, we, we, it's like the last little bit of what you said. Oh, um, so look at it, Lee, for what might happen here. Because those are the decisions Joy was talking about. Those are the decisions they were making in Italy. Who gets to, who gets the ventilator, who doesn't? And even young people are catching this virus, so... Well, so again, thank y'all so much for y'all service. Thank y'all so much for being on the show. We're not closing quite yet, but I just, ha- I just have to thank y'all for essentially risking your own lives on a regular basis to help all these people. Um, is there any advice, or what are, what are you guys doing to cope mentally, if you don't mind sharing some processes? Because I think 
having to make those kinds of decisions. I mean, like doctors and nurses make something like them, you know what I'm saying, like kind of, you know, life or death bearing decisions on a regular, but to have it amped up to this level, I'm sure is mentally taxing. Um, so do you guys have any advice for your own medical professional peers to keep themselves mentally afloat and, you know, feeling decent and not feeling too heavy? Um, and are there any, is there anything that you're doing to help yourself with that? Um, I will say that the one thing I have, I tell my coworkers, I tell my staff, do not feel guilty if you need a break. Guys, do not. We all need a break. This is not just emotional. This is not just mentally, you know, tasking. This is emotionally and physically tasking as well. Take a break. It is okay for you to take a sick day, take a mental health day. We, sometimes as health professionals, you know, we, we know what it's like to work short. We know what it's like to... You know, when someone calls out in the middle of a shift. So we try not to put our, our coworkers in that by, you know, making sure that we come to work and we're there every day. Take a break. It is okay for you to step away and take your, some time for yourself. Grieve for your losses. And when I say grieve for your losses, I don't just mean the patience that you've lost. I mean the vacations you are not allowed to take anymore. The time that you don't get to spend with your family because you have to quarantine yourself away from them. I sleep in a second bedroom. I don't sleep in the same. I haven't slept in the same bed with my husband in over three weeks. Oh, my God. People are FaceTiming their kids. My husband has severe asthma. I can't risk giving it to him. I can't risk. I, you know what I mean? I, I, there are people who live with their grandmothers or their elderly parents that have quarantined themselves to the basement or the garage or the spare bedroom or what have you, have sent their kids away because they don't want their kids to be sick. Grieve your losses. Grieve time missed with your loved ones. Grieve vacations you'll never take. Grieve time that you won't be able to take care of yourself. Grieve your losses. Take time to Process what you're going through. Don't try to take on this burden and be superwoman or superman or anything of that nature. Be a human being. Understand that it's okay for you to cry. It's okay for you to be upset. It's okay for you to be pissed the fuck off when you leave work to just coding a 31-year-old patient who would have otherwise survived and come out the door and people are having a party. It's okay to be pissed at them. Live in your emotions in this time. Don't deny yourself the right to be upset, to be angry. Grieve. Please grieve. And the liquor stores are still open. Take advantage of that. That also. But don't, don't get me started in front of the niggas in front of the liquor store because I went to the fish market before the show started to grab some shrimp. And the liquor store is right next to the fish market. And I just saw so much foolery with masks and gloves. I'm like, you can't wear a mask and give somebody a bust down of your cigarette. Like, that's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it's in the saliva. Yeah, don't work like that. Just to give somebody a cigarette. I was like, don't, don't do it to yourself. Don't do it. Yes, 
blunt. But, uh, Please smoke your own blunt. Roll your own blunts until this is over. Roll your own blunts. I feel like people should roll their own blunts anyway because herpes lives in saliva, but roll your own blunts. Herpes lives in saliva. You didn't know herpes was a saliva? No, I did not. Herpes lives in saliva. Roll oh your own blunt. Mm. Don't be and don't be don't be smoking after the nigga who just licked all the whole blunt and got it wet. Okay. I don't like that. Any, Watch his mouth. I'm like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> but um, you don't want to lick the whole blunt to 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 really work it. <laughs> but you got you supposed to toast that hole too. You're toast to after that. <laughs> Oh, um, and also, yeah. like, the same message that she just gave to healthcare professionals, this goes for, like, our teachers and our educators, too, like, our parents, our um, counselors, health, like, um, specialists, like our ENL people. We just got the word today that we're not getting no spring break. They want, the governor wants us to work through spring break um, and oh, still no. do distance learning, which is, like, extremely overwhelming. Like, a lot of us are doing more, doing distance learning, trying to configure stuff online um, to work with our students than we would do in the classroom. Because, like, doing stuff physically is easier than trying to translate stuff digitally, especially when you're working with, like, students with disabilities and a whole host of other issues. And you can't really... Shout out to other teachers. Clearly. So, like, yeah, we're not, we're not getting the, like, we're not getting a spring break is canceled. So they want us to work through the holiday that we would have had starting tomorrow. Um, oh, for, wow. Like, for now. And, like, we're, they'll, they'll let us know about Passover and Easter as religious observances. But, like, so the advice that she gave the healthcare professionals just now, I send that to all our educators, too. Take a fucking break. Like, post your lesson, Absolutely. like, schedule some three days in a row so you don't have to go on every single day and post stuff. And, like, fucking ignore but they'll be all right. I, I highly doubt, like, a lot of parents are going to make the kids work through what would have been their break. A lot of them aren't, like, signing on to distance learning anyway. So don't feel like you've got to be Superman right now. Right. That's not helping nobody. Take care of your own kids. Because people, like, people forget that teachers have families. <laughs> like, right. Take care of your kids right now. Right. Like essentially, people like y'all talking about. Oh, like I'm. I wish I could get my kids back to school. So do these teachers. These teachers have kids that that needed to go to school too. And some teachers are just at home having fun with their kids, and and it's fine because they know how to teach their kids, uh, teach people anyway. But Lord have mercy, kids. Kids are a lot. Everybody needs a break from everyone's kids, including yours. So have have at it, freaking. Get, I feel like everybody um, in general, like I'm extending that grieve your losses message to um, my artists out here. Like, you know, Broadway has literally shut down on the hall. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, like, I know people that um, book tours and gigs out in um, Europe that are stuck in Europe and all of those gigs canceled. Like, shit is extremely real out here. So, Please. Yeah, it's good to do wellness checks. Indeed. Yes. Yes. Check on your strong friends. Check on your strong friends. We are not okay right now. <laughs> 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 the stress, the stress of it all. 
And I mean, the extroverts. I know y'all are, y'all are in the house going stir crazy. I was going stir crazy when somebody told you you couldn't go outside, or that you shouldn't go outside. The second they said it, you were like, oh my god, like I need to go to a party. But like, grieve your losses inside your damn house. Don't have these parties on the street. Go in the house. Get, you know what I'm saying? Make your jungle juice in the house. Blast you before I let go in the house. And yeah. Stay over the- don't have these niggas come into your house. Right. Oof. Or you or you hold or grind Don't still hold do it. Don't do it. Yeah, and they they're giving fines now too for, for parties and large gatherings, so don't be caught with a two hundred and fifty dollar fine. Yep. Two hundred and fifty dollar per person per gathering. Don't do it. It's going that's Ooh. gonna be that whole stimulus check. Per person? Right per there. Person, per, person. <laughs> per person. Lord have mercy. I mean, people are, like, wilding, like, Flatbush people having a whole block party embashment. Newark people out here, like, really, like, ODing, acting like Memorial Day weekend with, with fucking grills in the streets and shit. And I'm just like, no. And I get it. Like, some people out here working two, three jobs, working seven days a week, hadn't had a vacation ever. And this is the first time they get, like, a little break, a little time for themselves, and they beside themselves that this is not some regular shit. Like, lives are at risk. Like, your own life is at risk. So don't, like, risk your own life for the sake of a turnout. Right. It's really, it's really right. not worth it. Ask any crackhead. Ask any crackhead. <laughs> and they will tell you. It's not, it's not worth it. I mean, well, most crackheads will at risk all. their lives. But, yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, like, everybody, a lot of the stuff that was said is something that if you've been paying attention a little bit, like, it should have kind of already entered some of your people's minds. Um, Some of the details are extremely important. It's a serious thing, y'all. Like, I think when people see certain levels, like, there's, there's, there's a thing where you shouldn't be afraid in a way that's going to, like, make you crazy and not think. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, you should still recognize that this is not a joke. So please, when, when you have healthcare professionals who are literally here of their own volition just to give you the information, they're not benefiting at all from this, <laughs> from giving y'all this besides hopefully y'all can just stay home so people can get better and they their jobs can, you know, feel more fulfilling. Like, this, is, like, <laughs> this is not like the government. This is not like a political official doing a press conference. Right. Like the people we have online are friends of ours. They have no reason to lie to you, like at all. So please listen. <laughs> please listen. Stay your ass home. Cover your ass up if you must. Please go out for home. Go out if you must. Like it's really, it's really not who. Like y'all should like all this going to your friend's house to play video games, all of this, like, look, like, y'all better get on this PS4 network. Y'all better get your, your Wi-Fi together. Right. Because, like, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. So even, even if you feel like you are a healthy, able-bodied person, it's not worth it to even chance because you have no idea how your body is going to react. And then even if your body doesn't react, being a person that could carry it without symptoms, makes you an extremely dangerous person. So mm-hmm. don't be out here. That is Stay a out. very important point. That is a very important point that you just brought up. You may be an able-bodied person, but you can be a very dangerous person if you are a carrier. Patients who 
she's 35 weeks pregnant and her husband had it and didn't know and was out mm-hmm. and about in the world. And now this woman has not held her child, her children, her twins yet. Okay. She's still not better. And she probably won't get better. Just because you are okay does not mean that the person who you love will be. You can be a very dangerous person. Don't be the reason that someone you love does not survive this. Stay your ass home. And if you're feeling lonely or, like, starved for, like, human interaction, have a Zoom party or, like, have a FaceTime party. Get some of your friends on FaceTime, play some music, have a drink, and just, like, interact like that. It's going to have to. It's not the same, but it's going to have to suffice for now. Wrap your, wrap your arms around yes. yourself. <laughs> like, press, press, press yourself up against the wall. <laughs> like, bitch, make it work, bitch. Like, like Make I, it work. Make it the fuck work. I don't care what I don't care what you gotta do. Just stay your ass in the house and keep people out your house. That's it. I don't care what you gotta do otherwise. Like do do you know what I'm saying? Smoke your weed, drink your lick, do your do your whatever so that you can get through this. Meditate, get into yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all niggas out here bored. That's probably because you don't even realize how interesting you are. Figure out what's yeah. going on in you. Um, folks in relationships have these conversations. This is the time to figure out what the fuck is going on. Like there's there's so much that you can do that you've been putting off for the sake of having to take your ass outside to get a coin. Leave your ass inside the house and get all of that other extra shit that you've been putting off done. Like these, like they, I promise you, all of you have shit that you could be doing that is house based. So cut it out. There's no reason you need to be outside. No reason at all. Okay, so we have like two minutes left. If you don't follow us, please um, check out our website at blogtalkradio.com slash Anukai and listen to our podcast there. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are available. We're on YouTube, so make sure you like and subscribe there. We have some great topics. We talk about everything. We have some amazing guests. So you got some downtime, like put on a podcast, like you cleaning up or like you cooking or whatever. Make sure you check out the Anukai Tree. Follow us on Instagram. Um, all that information, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, is in the banner. I want to I want to thank Jesus and um, Joy for being with us today. Um, I know you guys are like really stressed out and really busy, so thank you, thank you, thank you for this great conversation and all this information. And yeah, thank you all Anytime. for sitting with us. My pleasure. Thank you all. Thank you all for sitting with us under the Anukai tree, under the shade, darling. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week. All right, thank you guys. Yo!